Welcome back, everyone, to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another exciting week. How are you doing, bud? Good. How's everything with you? Good, man. Good. Enjoyed the holiday and uh, ready to talk some uh, some Manowar. But before we get to that, did you hear anything good this week? I did listen to um, some songs from Glenn Harveston's top uh, 50 albums of the year. Um, he's the promoter for Prog Power USA, and every year he does this top 50 list. And sure enough, there's... There's always a ton of stuff that um, either I've missed or, or never even heard of. And um, I really enjoyed, um, I remember you mentioned a band Scardust a couple of weeks ago, and I really enjoyed the song that he recommended, uh, Tantabus 2. That was really good stuff. And um, I made it, a, I don't know, made it about halfway through his list, I would say um, I really like the new uh, Royal Hunt single, The Art of Dying. I'm looking forward to hearing the entire album, which I think is uh, supposed to be out before the end of the year. Um, and I think there was uh, one or two other bands that I thought were really interesting. Um, Pyramid Theorem being one of them, which is... Um, was like a 17 minute prog metal track called um, beyond the exosphere. That was really enjoyable. Um, So yeah, that's just a couple of things, but I mean, I would recommend um, checking out his entire list because there's a lot of really good stuff on there. Stuff that I was familiar with that I really enjoyed this year and, um, and just stuff that I hadn't heard yet that I'm glad that he had brought to my attention. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, at the end of the year, we'll, we'll definitely do our top lists. And, and I think you'll see some overlap, although there's definitely some albums that uh, um, I don't necessarily uh, agree with him on. Uh, the New Nightwish, for example, really just disappointed me. But that being said, there were other albums that uh, I definitely, definitely uh, agreed with him on. And, and we'll share our lists as we get closer to the end of the year. Um, a couple of things that I had heard this week that really stuck out. I, I had listened to the new Dark Tranquility album. Uh, it's called Moment. They're a band that, that I really kind of got into uh, back in the day. They were one of those first uh, melodic death bands that I just kind of was drawn to. Uh, I don't know if it was the keyboards or, or, or just the, the way that they composed their songs, but I was really into their old stuff. And while I don't think the newest album is necessarily their best album, I would definitely say it's in their top three albums. Just a really consistent album, and even the bonus tracks were, were, were really cool. Um, definitely check them out uh, if you haven't... Uh, you haven't listened to it or if you haven't listened to them in some time definitely check out moment uh and and two other things that i think are definitely worth mentioning transatlantic one of my favorite progressive rock bands came out with a new single um their new album is coming out in the new year i believe it's going to be called uh the absolute universe i think it's due out in february they released a single um called overture slash reaching for the sky and when transatlantic releases a single it's of course nine and a half minutes, but it's a really, really, really good listen, and I, I would certainly recommend that. They're one. So of it was the, a short single for them. By their standards, it was a short <laughs> single. Um, you know, it's funny. They're the kind of band that um, when I usually hear the term supergroup, I get a little um, hesitant, and, and I just guess it's because I've been disappointed by many of them um, over time. But I think that the Transatlantic is the model of consistency for progressive rock. The, between the production, the layered vocals, um, and, and just the 
I guess, upbeat nature of a lot of their songs. I'm just a, a really big fan, but I guess it's not terribly surprising because Dream Theater is probably my favorite band. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Spock's Beard and, and, and um, the Flower Kings. So it's not terribly surprising that I that I love their stuff, but I just think that when the pieces come together, they do a good job. So I would I would certainly recommend that that single, and I'll and I'll post that during the week, as well as the new Votum album. Votum is a kind of an obscure progressive metal band from uh, Poland, I believe. They just came out with a new album. It's short by progressive metal standards. It's only about a half an hour. The album is called uh, Duka, and I could be mispronouncing that. It's D U H. K-H-A. Uh, it's about six tracks, uh, 30 minutes in length, as I said. Probably their heaviest release, uh, but a really, really well-done disc. And, and the single from the album, or at least one of the songs, the first song is called Pray. And uh, Anike uh, does dual vocals on the album, or I should say on that track. Really, really good stuff. So if you haven't heard the new Votum album, V-O-T-U-M, from Poland, highly recommend it. I'm not even sure if you've heard this. It literally just came out. Nope, I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, I haven't heard the I haven't heard the transatlantic yet either. I'd like to give that a listen as well. Yeah, give give them a listen this week. I, th- I think you'll enjoy both. Just uh, really well done stuff um, from both bands. I was I was I was very happy. And and then when you mix in the dark tranquility, kind of balanced out the uh, the progressive side of things uh, this week. So very good stuff. I was I, I was pleased. Uh, but the reason we're here today is of course Manowar's fighting the world, which. Um, you know, I, I selected this album for a couple of different reasons. Man of War was a band that I think we were both really kind of big fans of back in the late 90s when we kind of got into this music. Um, I'll just speak for myself. I remember when I first heard um, The Triumph of Steel, which to me was like almost a revolutionary album in, in one sense because I had never heard a metal album that sounded quite like that. Um and, and and from then, from from that point, things kind of evolved in terms of my, my tastes and whatnot. But at the time, I was a huge Man of War fan. And then once I heard Triumph, I worked my way back into the, uh, the the back catalog. And obviously, one of the albums that I picked up was Fighting the World, which was kind of in the middle of their heyday, if you will. Uh, when did you first hear them? Was it around the same time? Uh, b- believe it or not, The Triumph of Steel was the second metal album I ever owned. Um, really after sabotage's handful of rain uh you know going back to that that first mixtape that ralph had made for me um the very first song on that mixtape was metal warriors and so uh for whatever reason i was like all right uh this band sounds pretty cool i'm gonna pick up triumph of steel so that was my first man of war album and my second ever metal album and uh yeah like you said i was a fan right off the bat um i listened to triumph of steel quite a bit um i believe i probably got um louder than hell which was their 96 release and then kings of metal their 88 release and then fighting the world was probably my fourth manor album and it was actually a, a gift from our mutual friend the world warrior white shadow snowy mike Crea. um <sighs> The man of many nicknames, uh, Brutus Beefcake, eat your heart out. Um, he, he gave this to me. I want to say it was a birthday gift. Um, maybe like my 17th birthday. If that, <laughs> I don't know if I'm exactly right on that, but it was definitely a gift for, for Mike. And um, I don't really think I was at the time familiar with <clears throat> any of the, the songs from this album. Because, you know, you're in a time again where 
you know, we don't have Spotify and iTunes and all that. So you basically have to own the album to hear it or know somebody who played it for you. And at the time I was not familiar with it at all. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my history. Uh, I, I was always a, a big fan of Man of War. I mean, I still am, um, beyond like if you can get past kind of some of the ridiculousness of like Joey DeMaio and his attitude and, and things of that nature. Um, and kind of their like, you know, history of canceling shows and things like that. Like they, they, they've, they've had a colorful history to say the least, both in terms of members, which I won't even get into some of those details, but also just in terms of the, the cancellations and, and, and tours that are announced that never quite materialize. Um, it's interesting because they also still have a huge, huge following, especially, you know, outside the U S um, you know, where they, where they'll play shows in front of, you know, tens of thousands of people. It's, it's, they're kind of an interesting band, although they've been kind of dormant as of late. I think they did the uh, battle hymns tour and that's the last we've kind of seen them on tour, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they've been doing kind of like a, I don't know, like, a, you know, like every other band, like that are in their sixties, like they're, quote unquote retirement tour that never seems to end but um not in the states yeah like it's been going on in europe um clearly not recently but um they have not played a show in the u.s since that um i believe it was actually the uh kings of metal uh 20th anniversary or it would have been 30th 30th anniversary tour in uh 2018 um but yeah, um, they, I mean, they're one of those bands similar to like Ingve, where they've kind of become a parody of themselves at this point in time, uh, you know, with the loincloths and the the, yeah. the the album covers with them with their shirts off and things like that. But if I can put all of that to like aside, when I sit down and even now when I listen to Manowar, I find that um, it's just very enjoyable kind of traditional heavy metal. I, 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 let me say this. I, when, when, as I said, Triumph of Steel was the first album I got. And after I got Triumph of Steel, um, I picked up uh, Louder Than Hell, which was their 1996 release, uh, which were the two newest releases at the time that I got into them. And then, then I started working my way backwards. I picked up Kings of Metal, which to this day is uh, probably my favorite Man of War album, uh, unquestionably. That, that I think, is their, their, their magnum opus, if you will. I picked up Fighting the World, and then I picked up all the old stuff. The one album that to this day I never picked up was Into Glory Ride. Um, I have vivid uh, memories of walking into, I guess it was like a Sam Goody or a Tower Records, and seeing that album cover with all of them in their fuzzy boots and carrying their swords. Uh, And I understand it was 1983, but it is the most over-the-top, ridiculous album cover I think I've ever seen. And if you, you know, you'll sometimes you'll see postings on, on the internet of like famous album covers. This always is on there because yeah, it's for, just for, for, over the, for all the wrong reasons, for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> this, this is, this is not, um, th- this is not a, a Picasso, uh, to say the least. This is, this is, uh, this is different. So I, to this day, I'm not even sure that I've ever even heard all the tracks uh, off that album. I, I'm, I'm familiar with Hatred and I'm familiar with Warlord and March of Revenge. Um, but like a song like Secret of Steel, I'm I'm not even sure that I've ever heard that song. But nonetheless, I have all their stuff. But the reason I chose Fighting the World was of, of all the Man of War albums that I enjoyed 
back at back in the day, this was always the one that I had the most trouble getting into. And I kind of, I, I wanted to revisit it and see if, was I missing something then? Uh, does it strike a chord with me now? You know, what, 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 what is this album? Because it's sandwiched in between two really, uh, you know, really, really good albums. Sign of the Hammer, great album. Kings of Metal, great album. And then there was this like lull where they, they, you know, they kind of went on a little bit of a hiatus until Triumph came out, but, but fighting the world in, in, in its 35 minutes of glory, um, what struck you when you, when you listened to this back for probably, I'm assuming the first time in some time. Uh, it, what struck me is that this is a really good album. <laughs> like it's not my favorite. I, I'm with you. I think that Kings of Metal is definitely my favorite Manowar album, but um, I, I've always considered fighting the world Kings of Metal and Triumph of Steel to be kind of like my personal trilogy of like my favorite Manowar material. Uh, just from a personal standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. So going back uh, and listening to this, um, it's it's kind of clunky because there's kind of like you have, I, I believe like in Defender, there's a lot of um, a lot of dialogue, which uh, I came to find out was recorded by Orson Welles before he died on Manowar's uh, recorded the demo in 19... 19- 82 i want to say and orson wells recorded the dialogue and he had passed away two years prior to fighting the world's release but they still had the recording so they used it um so um violence and bloodshed i probably is like the weakest part of the album for me but um all in all like it's a it's a i think it's a very strong album um and i would definitely put like fighting the world carry on and uh, black black wind fire and steel and i'd probably throw a holy war in there as well as some of man war's most iconic songs I, i'll say this when, when i first listened to the album back after all these years i was mad at myself i thought that you'd be pissed off that you were listening to this again so i'm, I'm happy that you enjoyed it the first time i listened to it back i was i, I hated it I, I said to myself, I can't believe that I used to enjoy this band. I, I don't know what it was, but I, I can recognize, or I, I should say, I recognize that some of the songs were pretty good. But with the exception of Black Wind, Fire, and Steel, I thought that the rest of the album was really weak. The single off the album was released on November 30th, 1986, and it was Blow Your Speakers, which really is a kind of like a, at least to my ears, it's it's kind of like a glorified um Manowarish hairband song, just with the chorus and the way that they come in with with that song, and I and I understand that they probably needed or wanted a single for the album given the time. Not a fan of the song. I think it's and, and, and just not not my cup of tea. But I said to myself, let me give this another listen during the week, and then I wound up listening to the album a third time, and I got a, a text message from uh, Pat, friend of the show, who was basically defending this album, saying that. Every song was essentially like a classic. And the more I listened to it, and by the by, I guess by the fourth or fifth listen, because I did listen to it five times this week, um, in, in part because it's so short, um, I, I, I began to come around. Blow Your Speakers, not my favorite song, but the one that I think I had the most joy from, believe it or not, and, and it's something you mentioned already, and it, it will be my pick of the week for, 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 for this week, Defender. It is over the top. 
and Orson Welles's intro is uh, his dialogue throughout the entire throughout the entire track is um, definitely over the top. But there's something about that track that was like a call to arms, and I was ready to just listen to everything in their back catalog after I heard it. I, I was in love with that song. Probably not the best song on the album, I admit, but just a really really um, fun track in the middle of the record or in the middle of the album. I, I, I loved it. Um, Carry On, pretty good song. Very different from the Carry On that we talked about last week. I'll, I'll say that. And then you have the two filler tracks, if you will, Drums of Doom and Master of Revenge. Really, this record boils down to seven tracks. Uh, Defender, which I loved, and Black Weird and Fire and Steel, which is probably the best song on the album. The rest I could take or leave, but I actually derived enough enjoyment out of it that I can't say I'll never listen to it again. Well, that's that's a fair assessment. Um, I definitely agree with you. Defender is a song I probably didn't appreciate when I was younger. That going back and listening to it now, I'm like, this is kind of cool. Um, I like, like you mentioned, Drums of Doom and Master of Revenge. I, I think that those tracks do a good job of kind of linking uh, the last three full songs to each other. It's almost kind of like a suite um, because like they really kind of seamlessly flow into each other. Uh, Holy War is just kind of like a real, um, just like a really like, like double, you know, double bass drum, like just a really like powerful, like power, like almost a power metal-y kind of song. Like um, I, I, that song I feel like is a little bit underrated. Um, I agree with you. Blow Your Speakers is really cheesy. Um, we'll definitely post the music video for it at some point during the week because it's it's worth watching for a laugh. Like um, A funny little anecdote about that song. When I was a junior in college, we were sitting in the living room watching uh, Metal Mania on VH1 Classic, which was just like, a whole hour of, of heavy metal videos, mostly the kind of stuff you would have saw at Headbangers Ball in the 80s. And sure enough, the video for Blow Your Speakers came on and, you know, we're sitting there and we're laughing. And one of my friends comes down the stairs and just throws a shoe across the room and he goes, throw your sneakers. <laughs> and uh, to this day, I still laugh when I hear that song because I just think of uh, somebody throwing a shoe across the room. You know, it's um, funny you mention that. I've never seen the video. I oh, am you'll... a little scared, but definitely post it this week. I, I haven't seen it. Uh, and for everyone out there listening, obviously, we appreciate the support. We're, we're on uh, all the, uh, you know, uh, podcasting sites at this point. We, we put up our shows up on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate the support. Any, any reviews, positive reviews are obviously most welcome. Um, but we would appreciate the love and support from everyone else that's out there that's listening because um, we've gotten some pretty good feedback over the weeks. Uh, and we want to continue giving you guys um, new and exciting shows each week. So thank you for that. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we hope that this continues to grow um, over time. So thank you for that. But yeah, definitely post the Blow Your Speakers video. I, I haven't seen it. Um, I can only imagine w- what it's like. Um, but I'm definitely going to give it a watch this week. Well, so. the the irony oh. of this song being their choice to make a single and a music video is like the lyrics are basically calling out MTV and the radio for not playing rock and roll songs. And so it's kind of funny that that's the video that ended up on MTV. Um, well, what do you, I mean, look at, I mean, think about the album. What, what could have possibly been the, maybe fighting the world, but even still, you know, Manowar doesn't exactly lend itself to radio rock. No. Given, 
given everything. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe Carry oh, On good. would have been a good like radio single just because it's kind of like I feel like it's a little bit more accessible than a lot of Man of War's material. Um, I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, I think my biggest problem with this is not that there are like bad tracks on it per se. I just don't think it's their most complete album. And I think that other classic, classic Man of War tunes hold up better than some of these. I remember liking Fighting the World more when I first heard it than I did recently. But then again, like I said, Defender just was you know, a, a, a battle cry for me. So I, 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 I definitely did a 180 on that track. It's just amazing how when things change over time. But it is, you know, to this day, it is quite the influential album. I know Mystic Prophecy, the German uh, power metal band, did a cover of Fighting the World uh, on one of their old albums. And Blackwind Fire and Steel has been covered by a number of bands over, over time just because it's probably the most um, iconic track off the album and it's something that they often play live. Um, speaking of which, I don't believe you had the chance to see them live. Is that, is that right? No, I saw them one time. Uh, I actually went with some friends. We drove to Cleveland, uh, and saw, saw them during the, um, the battle hymns 20th anniversary or 30th anniversary, I believe it was. Um, and so they played all of battle hymns and then just kind of like a, a hodgepodge of other songs afterwards. And I was standing, um, I think I was like the second row of people from the stage. And, and when they say that Man of War is a loud band to hear live, they're not kidding. Like I had earplugs in and my ears were still ringing after the show. They um, sonically are just they're set like they're when they brag about being loud and, and having really good sound like it, it's it's well earned because they i think that they sound really fantastic live and we're talking about these guys were well into their 50s probably at the time that i saw them um they were they sounded fantastic yeah i mean in 1984 they were um introduced in the guinness book of world records for delivering the, the loudest performance on record. And I believe they've actually broken their own record twice now. Um, it's, it is loud. It is not the kind of show you don't go to, especially at this point in our lives without earplugs, which I'm not embarrassed to say. If, if you go to too many Man of War shows without, you know, protection, you're going to have a problem. I, I saw them twice and it's it's been quite some time. The, the first time I saw them, uh, I saw them with Immortal, which is... You want to talk about a contrast of styles to see a Norwegian like black metal band and then have Manowar come on and headline. It was one of the weirdest shows I've ever seen. Oh, I would have uh, paid money just to see the the fans of the two bands in the same venue. Oh, it was like, <laughs> I, I mean, it was it was almost so, immor- I, and I, I have vivid memories of this. And, and I'll be honest, I've grown to like that kind of music. But back in 2002, I was not listening to Immortal. I wasn't. And in retrospect, I wish I could see them now because they're, they, they're no longer performing. But yes, I, I saw an Immortal concert and it was all these black metal fans with the coarse paint and everything else at the show. And then Immortal finishes their set. They leave. And all of a sudden you have all these biker guys come in with like the leather jackets and like the, you know, the, 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 the Man of War t-shirts and everything else. It was, it was like going to two separate, like, styles clashes at the same show but it was it was certainly memorable and it was certainly loud and Manowar puts on a great show and i'll say this eric adams 
what a singer, man. The guy's got some set of pipes, and I'm not even sure that you necessarily hear his best stuff on on these albums. You don't, you, you definitely don't hear it on on Fighting the World. The guy's got a, an incredible voice, and it's just amazing that he never really did anything else. He's able to hold certain notes live that I, I just, I mean, what the guy's got some set of lungs. I'll tell you. Yeah, if you if you do a search for. Um... Eric Adams and Maria Brian, who was the lead singer for uh, Holy Hell, which I'm not 100% sure they're still an active band, but they were kind of a, a regular um, opening act for Manowar because they were on Manowar's label. Um, there is a, a, a duet of them doing Phantom of the Opera live, which is, you just have to hear it. Maybe we'll, we'll, we could post that this week as well. Yeah, but, that's um, a good one. I, I remember seeing that. And Holy Hell, I think, was on their label, if I'm not mistaken. So that's why they went on tour together quite a bit um, later on. And, and that brings me to the second time that I saw them. I saw them play with Rhapsody, which is also kind of a styles class when you think about the symphonic power metal uh band you know with the, with all the orchestration but that that show was fantastic with rhapsody opening up for manowar uh that that was that that was great and they played a nice small venue in, in in new york city really really good show and holy hell actually opened the show so i remember seeing the duet on stage that night and it was really really good i i have to say they, they they're an underrated band and and i wish they would have done something else i believe joe stump the guitar player from boston was up in that was in that band for a while i think if i'm not mistaken or he had something to do with it yeah he was he was in the uh the band when i saw man of war and holy hell opened um and i think i want to say that john macaluso was playing the drums it was kind of like a like a who's who of, of uh of musicians playing with holy hell it was pretty cool it's funny you mentioned Johnny Macaluso, and it's just it just jogged my memory. There was an, another album that came out uh, last year, uh, which Johnny Macaluso was on, and it was called Stone Leaders. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's the closest thing I've heard to the uh, arc that 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 um, supergroup that had um, Jorn Land on vocals, Johnny Macaluso on drums, and um, Tori Aspi from Conception on guitars. Uh, one of my favorite favorite discs of all time is uh arcs burn the sun and and stone leaders which came out with this album last year they're a croatian band what an album that was um really really under their radar uh definitely worth checking out and i can post something by them as well but stone leaders out of croatia they came out with an album last year i, I definitely recommend checking them out they they um they're probably due to come out with something else in the next couple of years but they've been quiet um, ever since their album came out, but Johnny Mac was on was on that album, and it made me think of Ark, which was just a band that I loved. So, aside from that tangent, great show, uh, great band, Man of War, especially live. Um, what would you give this album on a scale of one to ten? I, I don't think it's gonna you're gonna have the love that you had for Angels Cry, but I'm curious to see how high this album ranks for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's to me, it's a very good album. It's not. Uh... It's not like a, a like a legendary album or anything like that, but I, I would give it a, a solid like seven point five. I would say. No, right, that's good. I, I I like I said to me, it was a little too much filler. Although I certainly understand your point about how it kind of weaves the second half of the album together. Um, I'll give it a seven. I, you know, not something that you have to have in your collection, but something that you can certainly listen to. Um, you know, during the week and, and, and just kind of have it on and, and, and you'll enjoy it and certainly good in the car as well. I have to say it made me drive a little bit faster as I was listening to some of this stuff. But um, 
a, a, a solid album. You know, you're, I would say it's pretty much an average album that, uh, you know, you can enjoy, but you, you're probably not going to go back to that much because there is better stuff out there, even by Man of War's own, you know, in their own back catalog. But it's a good album, so definitely give it a listen. We'll, we'll post some of the stuff um, this week. And, and I should mention, they're, they're from upstate New York. They're in your neck of the woods, right? I think they're up in Auburn. Yep, yep. They're from, uh, I don't know where they live now, but they, they uh, most of the band members of the original band came from uh, the, that area, um, not too far from Syracuse, New York. Uh, so yeah, they, uh, kind of ironic, like they're like huge in, in Europe and, and Japan and everything. And then they probably come up here and a lot of shoulder shrugs probably take place, but yeah, they are, uh, not far from, from, uh, my neck of the woods for sure. And they've been doing it for 40 years, which in and of itself is very impressive. Literally been, they've been doing it since 1980. So kudos to them for, uh, continuing to uh do their thing and before before they uh sail on to greener pastures i i do have to see them one more time just because they they do put on a pristine live show and, and a lot of these tracks live um really do take it to another level yeah and they um, certainly have like a lot of material to to choose from uh when playing a live show because you know they have come out with uh, a decent amount of new songs in the in the 21st century um the 90s really were just two albums and some live albums but i mean they they have a lot of songs uh so there's and a lot of like memorable songs from a lot of different eras so um you know i agree i would love to i'd love to see like a, a kind of like a a goodbye tour where they just kind of play a little bit of of all their best songs yeah, and, and they have a cult-like following. I mean, their their bands are some their fans are some of the most passionate fans that you'll ever find. So I'm not knocking the band. I'm just saying that uh, it, it's it, let's put it this way: I heard enough that I want to go revisit some of the back catalog that I haven't heard in a long time. Fighting the World will never be my favorite Man of War album. It's good. It's better than some of the stuff that they had released. Like um, I remember, Gods of War came out in 2007. The album just didn't strike much of a chord with me. There's some good songs on there, but it wasn't my favorite disc. Uh, they also came out, I think, with the Lord of Steel album, um, which I really didn't give much uh, attention to. I think that was their most recent uh, album back in 2012, um, other than some remixes of uh, Battle Hymns and Kings of Metal. This is this is an album that you can enjoy. Um, you know, definitely check out the back catalog as well. I think there's a, there, there's there's some certain gems in there that uh, you probably haven't heard in, in some time. So. Uh, you know, raise raise the uh, raise the uh, raise the fist up high and uh, go Manowar, right? Sure. I mean, uh, I can't tell you how many times I saw one of our friends in high school. Uh, wait, isn't there a story about you giving the Manowar uh, hand signal at the window of your car? <laughs> Am I? There, I don't even remember that. What, what, I'm, I'm sure there is, but what did I do? I think somebody like it, it was like maybe Mike was driving past you and he saw you and you just like and you just like put your hand on your wrist and and like raised your fist to the sky like I, it sounds like something i would have that young me would have done especially back in probably like 1998 but i, I have like no recollection of that yeah that just if you're in, saying it happened i'm sure it did yeah it just popped into my head because like looking back on it that was something that we all did when we were in high school we were such like we were so into like metal and getting into it like you know that was just one of those things that you just did for no real reason 
And and obviously it still holds up today because you know we're still laughing about it 20, 20 years later, which is uh, which tells you everything you need to know. Um, but that brings us to next week, and I'm I'm curious. Well, to see... you didn't. Uh, we didn't do our songs of the. Uh, oh well, of the and you're right. You know what? I, I I how could I forget? I I I'm I am going with Defender just because, like I said, it was um it was a song that I think I glossed over completely when I when I listened to the album back in the day. But it was my favorite listen this time around. So uh, shout out to uh, Orson Welles and his wonderful, um, <laughs> you know, intro to, to that track. And then Adams coming in on the back end. What, what a what a what a song that is! I, I loved it. What about you? What's your what's your song of the week? Well, uh, last week was such a difficult choice. I could have really gone with any of those songs. This week was really easy for me. Uh, it definitely is "Carry On." Um, a song I've always loved. It's anthemic. Uh, you talk about a song that is great uh, listening to in the car. Um, the lyrics are super positive about just like, you know, fighting to stay alive. And um, I I love this song. Like, and I, it's, it will always be one of my favorite Man of War songs. I would love to see them play it live. That would make my... I would make my day if I ever did see them live, but uh, easy choice for me. Um, All right, carry on. Yeah. And you know, it's and, funny, they, they don't really touch this album much live, or at least when I saw the two times or I saw them, I don't remember seeing other than Black Wind, Fire and Steel. They don't really go deep in, on, on this album. I, I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, and I will, I just want to point, uh, mention as well, like Holy War definitely stuck out as a song that I wish I had maybe given more attention to in the past. I thought that was um a really really good song and um and i I think fighting the world the the opening track is just a really good like heavy metal song um and black wind fire and steel is just a really classic like iconic manowar song to close things out i mean there's just probably my favorite album my favorite song on the album i'll say this defender struck a chord with me just because I guess I didn't give it the love, but Black Wind, Fire, and Steel is probably the best song on the album. Yeah, this album does have a lot of gems. I think maybe the the biggest weakness is just the fact that it's not very long. And so, you know, we're talking about a 35-minute album, so there's not really a whole lot of time to for there to be like 10 or 11 like really great songs like Angels Cry, you know, last week. So, um well, no CDs, right? I mean, in other words, this was an album that was clearly right, right to vinyl for obvious reasons, given given the time. So you were kind of limited by by just you know the, the vinyl at the time. You, you the, the album was made; it was supposed to be short. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't have been another you know eight minutes long. You probably could have put another two uh, solid tracks on there. But then you say to yourself, maybe they were just holding them out for Kings of Metal. Maybe they knew that they had another gem coming that following year. Uh, you know, I'm just, again, I'm, I'm just hypothesizing, but it's it's. It's it, it's interesting to me that I I, I want to, and that's you know that it's a good album, but it, it's something I just I, I came away wanting a little more, and, and maybe that's in, in part because of the length. I, I don't know. Right. I mean, try, the Kings of the Metal, which came out the following year, is about a forty-eight minute album. So you're talking about a solid, you know, additional thirteen minutes of, of material, which I think right. fills out that album a little bit better. Um, but you know, all in all. And, and like you said, in this time period, like albums just were shorter. Um, yeah. All in all, I thought it was like a really great listen, you know, not, not a, not an all time classic, but definitely a really, a really strong album. And, uh, it was really good to go back and listen to it again. 
Yeah, and I'll say one more thing I, I neglected to mention. Um, the guitar player on the album was Ross the Boss Friedman, who we actually saw live a couple of years ago at Fog Power. He, uh, he's out there doing basically full Manowar sets, um, you know, with his own band. And he's, you know, they, they play a couple of their own tunes, but for the most part, he's just doing Manowar sets uh, on the road. And you know something? I actually enjoyed that set quite a bit. I wasn't expecting it just because, you know, I, I wasn't that familiar with um, his solo material or even the other guys in his band, but they, they do a nice job. And, and, and having not seen Manowar in almost 20 years, it was nice to hear that material. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I will point out too, uh, this kind of popped into my head when I was listening to the album before, the uh, In Blow Your Speakers, that guitar solo is uh, very Eddie Van Halen-esque. And I, I thought it was worth mentioning since he recently passed away that it was kind of worth mentioning that um, as well. I mean, the, the, the Manowar was always blessed with having really excellent musicians and a really, really good singer. Uh, so definitely just worth mentioning that. So I guess now it's time to put away the fuzzy boots and the, and the loincloths. What are we doing next week? I have had uh, this album in the back of my mind since we started doing this. And being that um, I feel like the last couple of weeks, or at least the last two weeks, we've kind of gone more of the power route. Uh, I'm going to pull us back onto the prog side. And I'm going to pick an album that, um, I don't know if controversial is the word, but definitely has a very uh, varied uh, opinion Opin very varied opinions about it and that's going to be uh dream theaters falling into infinity album from 1997 awesome you know it's funny uh milton friend of the show had recommended to me that we do scenes from a memory the dream theater had just come out with their new live uh release dvd uh blu-ray package from their show in london where they had played scenes from a memory for the first time in 20 years and i assured him that it was on my short list never expecting to actually do a dream theater album next week Falling Into Infinity is probably the most polarizing album in their entire discography. Uh, I definitely look forward to going back to that. I haven't listened to that album in forever. Just because there's so many good albums and songs in their back catalog, it just gets overlooked. So it'll be nice to go back and really hear some of this stuff fresh uh, for the first time in many, many years. Um, I remember watching Mike Portnoy's band when they did... Um, uh, with the tour with the guys from Haken, uh, Shattered Fortress, they actually, I think, played one or two songs from Falling Into Infinity, and I forgot how much I actually enjoyed it. I think it was either Lines in the Sand or something like that. I I, I loved it, and I, I look forward to listening to that. It's been a while. Yeah, I thought it would be good to kind of uh, try something that maybe isn't um, universally loved, I guess. So I thought that that might be kind of a fun thing to to, to go through it. Honestly, it, it's close between that and Awake. I, I don't remember the exact timetable, but Falling Into Infinity might have been my first Dream Theater album, which is kind of funny when you think about it. Well, I, it's just so different from everything they had done up to that point and, and for years to follow. I mean, they, they, they have some, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, but they have albums in their back catalog, which were... Um, I guess we'll just say different from the other albums that they had recorded. Uh, Falling Into Infinity, definitely an outlier. Um, Train of Consciousness. Uh, Train of Consciousness. Uh, the the one that came out after Six Degrees. Train um, of Thought. Train of Thought. 
also a bit of an outlier just because it was more of a straight up heavy metal album than it was a progressive masterpiece, although it has its moments. Um, and, and then obviously um, <laughs> The Astonishing, which is probably the biggest outlier, but Falling Into Infinity is uh, just for what it was at the time was so different and, and so um, unique given given where it placed in the middle of like the Dream Theater um, uh, pantheon with Awake before it and Scenes from Memory after it. It was, uh, it, it's definitely different and, and it may even be a victim of its own uh, the success because the band was so popular and so, uh, you know, just widely recognized for its greatness that then when they recorded an album that in and of itself may be good, I think it gets lost in the shuffle because of how perfect the other albums are. But we'll we'll discuss that in greater length next week. I think it's a fantastic choice. You you and, definitely uh, just you definitely just fortified uh, my choice by you've already like had a good bit to say about it, and we're, it's not even next week yet. So I think um, I think there's going to be a lot of good talking points. I think uh, I'm glad that uh, you seem excited to, uh, to 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 discuss this one. Yeah, I, I definitely am. Uh, it, it's like I said, it's it's been a while for me. They're my favorite band, but as time has gone on, I think I've just drifted a little bit away from them. Even though their classic material for me is as good as it gets, but uh, it, it, it's it, it's going to be an enjoyable uh, listen this week, and I look forward to talking about it with you uh, with you next week. So with that, thanks to everyone for uh, for the love, and we look forward to talking with our, uh, everyone next week when we do Dream Theaters Falling Into Infinity. Take it easy, bud. Peace, cells.